Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Spirits and Sports History Podcast. With your host, Ryan Zyrood. Expand your knowledge on your favorite spirits and then enjoy sports history with a mystery. What's up, everybody? Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the Spirits and Sports History Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, also on LAFBnetwork.com. It's been a little while, a little hiatus. Things have been crazy. world's been crazy. We'll get to that in a second, but I am excited to be joined by the former Duke of Glendale, the current <laughs> Count of Marietta, my man, Michael Thompson. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Hello, sir. How are you? Excellent. I'm glad to uh, glad to have you back on the pod talking uh talking some mystery, sports mystery. Thanks, man. Very excited. Yeah. It beats the uh the daily ritual of doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> right? So what, uh, you know, I feel like uh with any podcast or any guest, you have to ask what everyone's been up to during these 2 months of isolation. So what's uh what's been what's life been like uh for you during uh all this craziness that the world's going through? Oh man. Um well I've I've been kind of blessed in a lot of ways. Like um my, my girlfriend and I um actually right before you know the pandemic kind of hit its height and uh, the quarantine began, we moved in with her parents who very, you know, kindly and generously took us in uh to um their home in Temecula. Um beautiful home. Um there's a pool here. Um Lots of dogs. I think we have seven pets in the house, so that's been keeping us busy. Seven pets. But, uh, wow. It's very idyllic, it's very, yeah. Um, it, and they're all very needy too. What's so what's is it? Seven dogs or what? What pets? It's uh, it, it's four dogs, and three cats. <laughs> that's a lot of work. It's yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you know, just just been hanging out and and doing not wearing pants for most of the day. And, you know um i take you're not wearing any right now right oh i'm not wearing pants now no absolutely i I, I like you i love you i respect you but i mean that's it's unnecessary um (laughs) but uh yeah definitely um liver's taken a big old beating as um as we continue to do today over this uh, quarantine period Mm -hmm. um that's it really mate yeah just yeah very very surreal pause in in the kind of where life was before this happened which was like go 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 as someone else who lives in la um but yeah this this it feels very surreal it's like how in america is this happening right now where yeah not it's crazy man you have working, making money, whatever. yeah and it's like we we both are cut from the same cloth in the sense of grind 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 do whatever you can to grind and and we're still doing that, but it, it looks very different now because you're you're asked to do things different, and you have this pandemic, and then you have all of a sudden this horrible action that happened yeah. against George Floyd, and all this these riots and everything happening else, and that's that's caused pause. And basically, I feel like these last two days, people have forgotten that we're in the middle of a a pandemic because now all of a sudden we're at a, a powder keg of of uh, of racial proportions, and it's yeah, it's it's very yeah. sad and kind of dark time. And uh, yeah. you know, we we don't need to get totally into that because everyone has their opinions on that yeah. we'll just say it's 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 horrible what's happening we'll just go with that because it, it is uh what i was going to say you know all of this on top of the um 
the the spectacular monumental um uh, moment of becoming a new father for you as well which is which is crazy too huh yeah man it's wild like we my wife were talking today like what did we just bring our daughter into what what kind of world did we just bring (laughs) this poor little girl into who already has her own battles to to go with and then uh she has to step foot in a world that is not very welcoming at the moment but you know always think positive things are things will be better there's still a lot of great people out there right well uh, you know it's it's up to it's up to you know wonderful uh um you know loving and and considerate people and parents like yourselves to uh i guess introduce a new generation of 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 human beings in the world that hopefully are the antithesis of all the darkness that maybe we're experiencing right now yeah that's you know that's a positive hopefully might change the world it's a large it's a large undertaking but we'll uh we'll do the best we can and challenge accepted so hope for the best but uh we hope to on this podcast provide a little relief from all the horrible stuff going on and and michael and i the count and i have transcribed the next great sports mystery story as you know if you listen to the spirits and sports history podcast we we write and tell a sports story that kind of walks you through this entire kind of uh, event that happened but fictionalizes a little bit and then you kind of have to come to conclusions with what event that was and I, I think we had fun with this one I we went back and forth especially because being remote with technology it's great you know you could write a paragraph or two and then I would jump on and write a paragraph or two um, so it's been really fun let me just say that even though it's taken us about six months it's been fun writing the story with you <laughs> Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Didn't we start yeah, this? We, we had, we literally had no. Well, you had an excuse. You were kind of um, a little busy bringing a new human being into the world. I had no excuse. <laughs> Didn't we start this back in like October, or November, in your apartment in Glendale? And here we are in uh, <laughs> May, end of May, the last day of May. Yeah. Complete. But hey, mm-hmm. it's going to be well worth the wait because I think this story is. Uh, I think it's a good one, and I hope. Uh, all of you will enjoy it, and hopefully you can kind of, I don't know, I, I think it's going to be tough to guess. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be tough to guess, but hopefully at the end you'll be able to see how yeah. the tapestry was woven together. So without further ado, Michael, what do you say? Should we give this a stab? Let's do it. All right. Here it is, the latest and greatest spirits and sports history story. What's up, sports mystery fans? Here to tell you about the sponsor of today's show, and it's our friends at Bet Online. While you're waiting this out at home, there's still plenty of fun to be had with our partner, betonline.ag. I know right now there's no NBA, no NHL, or the Major League Baseball. All those are coming back soon. But don't worry, BetOnline still has hundreds of games and events and sports to wager on. NASCAR's back. There's Madden and NBA 2K simulations. UFC has been rocking and roaring. And there's obviously the online casino, poker, and blackjack. Be sure to check out the final dance. It's a roundtable of interviews from ex-Chicago Bulls' Horace Grant. Bill Cartwright, Bill Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan doc in full. So make sure to go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. That's M-Y-P-O-D-100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. And now enjoy the sports mystery story. Hey, Renee, come here real quick, please. Renee sauntered over to the desk where Greg was standing. Take a look at these reservations, would you? We have a big one coming up. Renee scanned the paper like an editor searching for any grammatical errors. 
Her eyes were drawn to one name in particular, a name that in her industry was feared by many, a name that had brought many crumbling to their knees. It was also a name that came italicized on the reservation system, meaning that this name, whether beloved or not, was revered by all. Friends of Renee's, southpaws of the food industry, ones that led knife first, watched their careers die, crumble right in front of their eyes under the weight of one name, Jean. Renee had always wondered when her time would come. It felt inevitable. Her success had been the talk of the town. The local patrons often came to Renee to praise her accomplishments, but also to warn her of the responsibility that came with such prosperity, such riches that the sharks in the culinary arena began to circle, waiting for their time to attack. Well, now the time had come. Jean wasn't always carnivorous, but as of late, the desire to lead knife first and mince the prey that was meat was her utmost desire. Like many, Jean just wanted success. She wanted fame. She wanted the palpable thing that so many lust over. Well, after countless reviews, harsh words on paper, and pissing off seemingly everyone in her wake, she'd accomplished it. And now, Renee's reckoning was just another form of business, just another task at hand, just another delectable bite on the food chain. Renee didn't believe in the food chain, however. Each day, she witnessed her chefs chopping, filleting, or dicing the flesh of fruit, veg, and animals, big and small. It became apparent to her that we all suffer the same fate, no matter our size or ranking. What matters is our process. Renee took pride in hers. It was what she built her business on. And so the time came to prepare for the showdown that was soon to take place. Renee clambered through the swinging door and into her battleground, her training station. She sifted through a myriad of instruments, looking for the utensils that she would carry into her bout. Like two roosters in a, in a cage, this tasteful meeting would end with violence. She found the cut gloves that would be needed for protection and the fillet knives that would be used on the attack. Now she needed to perfect the recipe that she would serve Jean on the auspicious platter. She had one in mind, but would it be good enough to woo her competitor? It would have to be cooked to perfection, delicate yet aggressive, subtle yet outward. Was Renee up to the task? Hours before, preparation was already underway. Her chef chopped, dusted with flour, wrapped the dish, massaged the meat before beginning the slow cook in red wine. It didn't help that the restaurant had a 20-top walk-in of investors, meaning they only had to adapt and accommodate, but they were going to have spectators, and important ones. Each of those suits knew exactly who Jean was. Renee maintained focus. Jean was on the floor, and no doubt ready to sink her teeth in. Renee came to formally greet the VIP, but her attempt at hospitality was met with silence and a sneer. Poor form. But this, this gave Renee all the motivation she needed. To her, the rude guests were always the easiest to read. Their strategy was simple. They wanted something for free. But she was going to make this one work for her supper. Blistered shishito peppers. Tactically speaking, it was a great appetizer. The thing about these is that 
while balanced and flavorful, one in 10 is a scorcher high on the Scoville chart. As Jean consumed these little jabs of spice and the occasional punch of heat, frenzied capsaicin molecules overtook her palate. Shishitos were undercooked, snarled Jean. Well, actually, our chefs blister them so that they maintain a crunchy texture. Not for everyone, though, answered Renee defensively, chin down, fake smile cemented above it. Was there something else our chef can prepare? Jean waved her away. Where's the restroom? This retreat gave Renee the confidence to serve up the main course, slowly cooking all the while. Beef Wellington. Notorious for its difficulty. Ensuring the beef is rare, but the pastry is flaky and golden requires real mastery. But Renee had only the best in her corner. It dropped at the table. Jean was looking a little weary from the spice. She countered with a few sips of the ice water that sat on the table next to the plate. The cool liquid touched her lips and careened towards the back of her throat. However, was unable to quench the burn from the opening course. She stared down at the delicacy that was before her, and it stared back at her, as if it was mocking her. Jean drove her fork into the puff pastry and threw the parma ham. She stationed her knife to tear through the carcass. She pierced the skin and drove the knife decisively through the entree. Renee watched from a distance as Jean consumed some of her finest work. Jean was a woman of routine. The path that led her to the top was not necessarily a jagged one. It was a rigid one, loaded with plenty of spicy appetizers, delectable entrees, and succulent desserts. She consumed everything and every one on her path, never stopping to glance behind her, only focusing on what was in front. Well, it came to a time where Jean maybe should have stopped for a moment, glanced side to side, and enjoyed the path she was on. If she had, she may have noticed more, and she would have known more about her opponent, Renee. Most likely, she would have learned that Renee uses a secret ingredient in her famous beef wellington, a subtle dash of nutmeg. This peppering of spice gave the dish a unique and pungent flavor, but was also something that Jean was deathly allergic to. What happened next didn't only surprise Renee, but shocked every patron in the crowded restaurant. Jean leapt up from her seat, sending the flatware flying. Without any sign of composure or control, she flailed her arms, grasping for air. Renee wasted neither time nor movement, setting her opponent down onto the chair once again. She's in anaphylactic shock, an allergic reaction. Call 911. The room full of patrons looked on, mouths agape. Had they just witnessed the mother of all oversights? A food critic served something they were deathly allergic to. Surely this was not only the end of a dining experience, but the end of a career. Renee's. Days later, once the dust had settled and the swelling had subsided, Jean would reach out to Renee, but to no response. Eventually, she made the decision to visit her at the same restaurant, the grounds of her defeat and near-death experience. Not entirely certain she'd find Renee there. But she did. On a sleepy Sunday dinner shift, Jean squared up to Renee once again. Renee was not surprised. She knew this day would come. She neither perspired nor hyperventilated. No rise in blood pressure, a racing of thoughts. No, she thought. This is manifest destiny. Jean would go on to concede defeat and reveal that she was 
unaware that she had any allergies. In fact, she shared in confidence that she had never tried nutmeg before. Some food critic, eh? muttered Jean, somewhat self-deprecatingly. Jean had learned in defeat something that could save her life down the line. Thankful and functioning with newfound perspective, she pondered out loud to her old opponent that perhaps in that respect, it was more of a victory. Sure, smiled Renee, happy to let the humble bully have that. Renee would always have that historic day in November. A warm summer day in the land out under. Well, it may not have been a food allergy that brought the captain of industry to her knees. It was a deafening kick that caused the world to rise. Holly, Renee, Holm, stepped into the arena on that warm day in 2015 as the challenger, as someone that needed approval of the critic. While her reviews would be glowing for the remainder of her career after knocking out Ronda Jean Rousey and claiming the belt in UFC 193, a shocking event with quite the tasty finish. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Michael Thompson. That was fun. That was a great story, I think. Yeah. I'm curious uh, if anyone listening actually uh, got along the way. Do you remember, and maybe you didn't, I know we wrote this story together and we obviously did our research and kind of worked through it, but do you remember when this event actually happened? I do. Yeah, I do. Because Ronda Rousey was so arrogant going into this thing. Mm-hmm. Just like, and you know, that's part of the, the you know, the, it's part of the sport, you know, that you have to have a, an element of, of, you know, of being cocksure and, and having a swagger, but she was so arrogant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was, there, there was some, it felt like there was some poetic justice to that. Totally. It was said after the fight to be the greatest upset in UFC ultimate fighting yeah. history yeah. Um, yeah. because of how much of a underdog Holly Holm was. And I think why we chose the restaurant scene to kind of portray this story. I want to hear your side of this, but I know we talked about it, but we had a number of reasons. I know one, for those who don't know, Holly Holm actually started off as a server, which was kind of cool. Before she became this famous ultimate fighter, she waited tables, much like me and you. And uh, and I think because we have a history of restaurants, we know that it is it is somewhat of a battleground out there. Mm-hmm. And, and so we chose the idea of a food owner and a food critic because that is such a... In the in especially in fine dining, that is such a huge, important battle. I mean, if you don't get the the approval of the critic, your restaurant just won't make it. Now we're not talking about Red Robin or or a small a chain restaurant, but if you're fine dining going for that that Michelin diamond, you need the approval yeah. of the critic. So I think that for me, what made this story so fun was our our history in restaurants, but also just the history of the battle of the restaurant owner and the food critic. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, man. Yeah, it was fun to do so, and I'm, I appreciate you uh, for giving your beautiful writing and eloquent, eloquent voice to portray it. My yeah, Thank you, my absolutely. So, I mean, it wouldn't be spirits in sports history if we didn't have a drink while doing it. And I know we usually I kind of lead saying, "Okay, grab a drink, you know, pour yourself a nice bourbon." I didn't. I kind of forgot that we were just in the moment. I forgot to say that. So, hopefully, you had a drink. But I, I think it, I think it goes without saying that most of your listeners. Uh, uh, how I will be drinking at this any given moment during quarantine. I hope so. Yeah, well, not just my listener. I think anybody. I think, uh, anybody. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole five o'clock somewhere thing is, is it's quarantine yeah. somewhere. I think that's the new phrase, and it's always 
always going to happen. But but the whiskey that we're featuring is is Hooker's House Bourbon. Delicious. I, I've tried it for the first time. We have tried it for the first time. Um, we try on this show to choose a bourbon that has something to do with the story. And, you know, with, with everything going on, I think uh, distributions have maybe gone down a little bit, even though everyone is drinking, I think just with traveling and stuff like that, distribution gone down. So I couldn't find, I was, we were trying to find an Australian whiskey. I know those are few and far between anyway, but that was the goal since this fight actually took place in Australia. Um, and then I was like, okay, we couldn't find an Australian whiskey. So then Holly Holmes from New Mexico. So I was like, well, maybe we can find a New Mexico whiskey. Couldn't find a New Mexico one. Ronda Rousey's from California, luckily, so that's very easy. So this uh, Hooker House bourbon is actually from Sonoma, um, and it's finished in Pinot Noir bottles. So it has kind of a, a nice, almost grapey finish, but it has a, a definite spiciness like you would like a red wine, that spicy, peppery flavoring. Definitely has that as like a flavor. a velvety finish to it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It has a, it has a pepper palate, spicy palate, but then it has that nice kind of bold well pinot noirs are more kind of subtle i guess they're, they're softer they're juicier yeah. but it has that still grapey finish it's, it's very good kind of notes of vanilla in there caramel yeah yeah a little yeah and it pops right out as well you don't really have to work for it it's just kind of there exactly i like that i like that that's a good phrase you don't have to work for it it's, <laughs> it's there i do yeah. want to mention though something fun about so this uh, the actual distillery is Pro- prohibition spirits um, is the distillery. If you're looking for this bourbon, you can find it at Total Wine anywhere else. But but the story of Joseph Hooker, Captain Joseph Hooker, and we were kind of talking a little bit off air. It's, it's kind of fun that... So he was a, a general in the Civil War, fought other battles as well. But he was a ladies' man. He was a ladies' man, and he was a, he was a whiskey drinker. So kind of a, a rambunctious fellow, if you will, back in those days. So the general actually kept morale high among his troops by inviting a posse of ladies to fraternize with the gents. And at first, these women became known as Hooker's Brigade or Hooker's Girls. But later on, they would become known just as plain Hookers. So the legendary General Hooker liked to carry on so much with women and whiskey that he popularized the word Hooker to its common use. So kind of cry. I didn't know that when I got this whiskey. I was like, okay, cool. It's a California whiskey. It'll kind of fit in a little bit with our story. And then as I'm looking into it, I'm like, wow, this whiskey. I mean, obviously the whiskey wasn't named that then, but the the founder, if you will, of this whiskey brand is the person that made the name Hooker a common word. <laughs> Interesting. That's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, it but yeah. Surprise me that it stems from. And whiskey, you know, the yeah. two things go hand in hand if you think about exactly. it in the old west. Yeah, hookers and whiskey. Yeah, not not a huge <laughs> shock there. So I guess it's fitting. So, well, there we go. Hooker's house whiskey, peppery, spicy, a little caramel, a little vanilla. Finishes in Pinot Noir barrels. Very very good. Make sure to check that out. Hope you enjoyed today's story of spirits and sports history. Michael Thompson, the Count of Marriott. I appreciate you, man, as always. Thank you so much for having me on this uh, show, mate. It's been a yeah. pleasure. We'll, we'll definitely do it again. Hopefully not in quarantine, hopefully in actual person. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But thank you, everyone, for listening to the Spirits and Sports History Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and hope you enjoyed the story. And we'll talk to you guys all very, very soon. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.